Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have another edition of the Bean Report. Also, we'll hear from the president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. Up first in today's country comment, we'll tell you about a Canadian food grants bank harvest that took place this week. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Harvest is starting to take place for some of the Canadian Food Grains Bank grow projects. I attended an event near Altona yesterday and caught up with coordinator Isaac Fraze, who's with the CHUM project. Well, uh, we have uh, some combines and carts and uh, trucks lined up and willing volunteers. We uh, are hoping to take off 150 acres of uh, pretty decent looking wheat today. Tell us a little bit about the Chump Project. Um, I guess who's involved and, and, you know, how many years have you guys been going here? I believe this is our 24th year. On this particular field, this will probably be field number 20 or year, year number 20 or 21. And uh, we get uh, good involvement from, um, from the, the family that, that uh, allows us to have the land year in, year out. Uh, from the local dealers, the local input suppliers, the... The seed dealers, uh, we get a fair bit of cash donations. Uh, we have many, very many generous uh, cash donations throughout the year and um, bring it all together and, uh, and we have another crop standing here this year. Tell us a little bit about the harvest here today. How many combines you have going and, and I guess how many people are out here today? Expecting a total of 25 to 30 people. Uh, combines, we did have uh, four lined up and uh, through uh, problems that at their end, uh, it's not happening, so we will start off with two combines and hopefully get one later on in the afternoon yet, and uh, so if not, then we'll do it with two. How's the crop looking here, uh, the wheat crop? This particular crop looks quite good. Uh, we got some extra rains here, and uh, I think it can go past 40, which is, uh, which is good this year. We're, hoping, we're actually hoping for 50. We have trucks lined up for 50. What about uh, some of your other crops? How are they looking? At home, the crops, uh, we've, we're looking in the mid-30s right now at our wheat. Our canola, we've only done one field. That was uh, low 20s. Uh, that was also one of our poorer ones. We're hoping to get higher than that yet. And then past that, we have, we've done a perennial ryegrass, and that was one-third of a crop. Final thoughts or are, any thoughts on, I guess, the volunteers and the people who make this happen here today? Just a great big thank you again because this, uh, every year it seems that it's... Uh, bit overwhelming at times because of cancellation because of whatever and uh but then when it all comes together like it's it's, it's rewarding and it, it feels it's a good feeling to know that we're uh we're helping people who don't have what we have one of my friends always says who else can do what we can do and that's that's a very true statement so it's we're just glad that we can help and uh just one more question the the rain we got last week is that going to help any of the crops or on the soybeans i think it can help the soybeans uh in, in the beginning i thought it might not Looking now at what's happened at, at a, on our own farm, if I look at what's happening to our soybean fields, I think uh, there's definitely some help there. That was Isaac Fraze, coordinator for the CHUM, Canadian Food Grains Bank Grow Project near Altona. The group harvested their wheat crop yesterday. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The Government of Canada has increased total agri-recovery funding to up to $500 million to address costs faced by producers due to drought and wildfires. 
This includes initial funding of $100 million announced on August 6th. Brenna Mahoney is General Manager of Keystone Agricultural Producers. This is an excellent announcement, and we thank the federal government and the provinces as well who have been working directly on this. This increase of egg recovery dollars is really going directly to support producers and the asks that CAP and other partners have been asking for um, through this program. So we're, we're really pleased. To date, the government of Manitoba has announced provincial commitments under the EGRA recovery framework, totaling $62 million. And the Canadian Federation of Agriculture is working on a Hay West initiative to try and move hay out to the producers dealing with the impact of the drought and wildfire situation. Keith Curry is first vice president of the CFA. Quebec has had some had some good growing seasons, and Atlantic Canada, which really they were the ones that began the push for a uh, Hay West initiative. The, the Atlantic provinces have had an extremely good growing season, uh, especially for forage production. So uh, we are um, uh, very happy to to know that they're putting this push on, they're beginning this push uh, to to look at uh, growing, uh, moving hay or, or feed west uh, to our, our our farmers and ranchers in need. Curry says he's hoping to see the first load from Atlantic Canada move out later this week. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, August 17th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from the president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. On today's show, Glenda Lee Allen Vossler catches up with the president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. Pablo. Of course, a number of things have happened over the last week. Let's start with the fact that uh, you actually took part in the National Cattlemen's Beef Association Convention in the U.S. Talk to us uh, about that convention, what you heard. Well, I guess the first thing is it was pretty hard to describe uh, how good it felt to actually get to talk to these people, be face-to-face with the leaders of the U.S. industry, not on the phone and not on a Zoom meeting, but actually sit down and have a coffee with them. You get a whole lot more stuff done. And this convention, well, pretty pretty hyped because it was the first one in a year and a half or something, but absolutely positive as far as the cattle industry goes. Um, I don't believe I've ever heard cattle facts, like cattle facts is forecast, as positive as as it was this time, simply because the world's running out of cattle and the demand is continually increasing. I mean, it looks, we have this drought to get through, but boy, if you can hang on to your cows, keep them because gonna, you're going to be well paid. An example of this is this, it's a outfit called Global Agritrends and they, they predict where agriculture is going to go in, into the future on all sorts of commodities. And so this was a quite a long presentation, but the big thing was is the FAO is predicting um, cattle numbers to increase in the world. And now I, I can't remember the exact number, but keep the number four in your mind this will be the the number. So this is the supply and this is the increase in supply over the next 10 years. In the same 10 years, they're predicting that the, not the UN, this global agri-trends is predicting that the demand for beef will increase by a factor of 12. So 
basically you get three they expect the supply to increase 12 or three times faster than the the demand to increase three times faster than the supply and that kind of says it all right there Something that we've been hearing rumblings of in the background and they seem to heat up is, of course, the U.S. thoughts uh, around cool and bringing something like that back. What did you hear in regards to that? More good news. NCBA is working on a kind of voluntary form of cool that seems to have satisfied the U.S. government and the USDA. We're always going to hear different states and different organizations down there promoting mandatory country of origin labeling. What we heard down there is it will not happen. Vilsack has said that, in fact, he's actually even considering consulting with their biggest trading partners in, in beef, of which we're one of them, on how to do a country of origin labeling that would be satisfactory to their trading partners. That hasn't happened, but rumor has it that he's he's considering that. He has said and he maintains that he will not not bring forward any kind of a any kind of a country of origin labeling thing that is not trade compliant. And part of that I'd like to think is because we've still got that billion dollar tariff threat hanging over their heads. That we can initiate any time you know, for a reason, and that would be a huge reason for that to be initiated. So basically, it's as long as Vilsack is the Secretary of Agriculture, it will not. Mandatory country of origin labeling is a, is a dead horse. Definitely what producers want to hear, that's for sure. Yeah. Now, of course... We've been talking about the extent of the drought situation in Canada and the fact that it goes goes south to Mexico. What is the situation down there? It's much the same as here. The western states are suffering horribly when you get south farther. You know, southern Texas, Arizona, the drought is broken. Sounds like those guys were six weeks ago, they had nothing, now they've got grass they don't know what to do with it started raining so it seems to have broken in the in the far south but the western states are still tough you know california is burning up to a line it seemed to me kind of mid-nebraska maybe western nebraska's in a pretty bad drought eastern nebraska's pretty good i talked to one guy who figures he'll have a record corn crop he's in northeast nebraska the USDA, while we were down there, they dropped, I think it was six bushels an acre. They dropped their estimates, which, of course, tacked on to the price of corn. You know, corn futures all rose, but it didn't bring into the cattle futures. They just kept rising. So, And that, that's another good sign. Here at home, Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebeau announced a $400 million top-up to agri-recovery funding, bringing the total amount to $500 million for provinces from B.C. to Ontario. Your thoughts on this announcement and what it means for cattle producers? It's great. Our, our initial number was $195 for every breeding female from this line somewhere in Ontario, west of the ocean. So there's $5 million from the feds and what the provinces have announced will get us to that number. So that's, 
that's really good news. Like it's going to bring it up to the number we asked for. Bearing in mind that this number is uh, yeah, an immediate interim payment is how we put it to Minister Beeble. She knows that we're going to be coming back for more, but we don't know. If, you know, we don't know how much till the harvest is over. Till we actually know what we have, and then we can sit down and do some math and figure out what it is we need. And you know, having said that, if there's no feed, there's no feed. But I think you know, Eastern Canada has huge hay crops. Basically, from somewhere in Ontario east, things look really good, and there's patches through the drought section that are good. So, what we're going to end up with, we don't know. And how do we get the the feed to the cows or the cows to the feed across you know Canada's a pretty big country things like that we're, we're working on right now I've been talking with Bob Lowe the president of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association for Golden West I'm Glendalee Allen Bossler thanks Glendalee that's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today if you have any questions or opinions to share send them to us by email the farm desk at goldenwest.ca on behalf of Glendalee Allen Bossler I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The annual general meeting for Farm Credit Canada takes place tomorrow at 1 p.m. It'll be held virtually. Visit the FCC website for details. A series global seeds tour is planned for tomorrow at Del Mar Beaujager. You can contact C. Unger at seriesglobalseeds.com. And the Canadian Beef Industry Conference has been rescheduled and moved to an online format for August 31st to September 2nd. Go to CanadianBeefIndustryConference.com. It's time now for the Bean Report, brought to you by Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers. Joining us today is production specialist Cassandra Kochik. Soybeans are mainly at the R6, or the full seed stage right now. And the most advanced soybean crops are approaching R7, which is the start of maturity where we see yellowing of the lower leaves. We see leaf drop and some pod color change. Dry bean crops range from R8 to R8.5, which is early to mid-maturity. And also at these stages for dry bean crops, we see lower leaves turning yellow, leaves dropping, and the seeds within the pods are starting to show their true bean colors. Most pea crops in the province have been harvested by now, with only a few crops left standing waiting for harvest. And fava beans are at the R6, or the beginning maturity stage, in fields that received better moisture throughout the season. And fava beans in the drier regions are already at the R7 to R8, or mid to full maturity stages. Cassandra, just talk a little bit more here about the uh, impact of the drought. So with a soybean history of about 15 to 17 years across most of Manitoba, we can see that this is the first time soybeans have experienced a full season of drought. We started off the season with dry soil from the previous year. There was a serious lack of rain across most locations throughout the summer. And we also had 16 days in July that were above 30 degrees Celsius. Plants have responded to the drought conditions by not growing as tall. They've reduced their leaf area. And they've also moved through the development stages very quickly, heading for early maturity. But one good thing is that these stress plants have put the extra resources into extending their roots. And we've also seen a lot of large root nodules out there this year, which are reported to be more resilient to drought stress. The hot weather caused plants to flip their leaves to reflect solar radiation, and it also made plants close their stomata for extended periods of time, resulting in less photosynthesis and therefore less sugar for growth and yield development. 
So unfortunately, a lot of damage has already been done. But last week's rains definitely helped the soybeans that were still at the R5 stage. So for those younger soybeans out there, that might have been a five-bushel rain. Just wanted to wrap things up, um, talk a little bit about uh, dry bean desiccation. The correct timing for dry bean desiccation is at R9 or full maturity. And this is when there's 80% pod color change. You'll see 80 to 90% leaf drop and less than 30% seed moisture in the least mature parts of the field. At less than 30% seed moisture, the seeds will rattle within the lowest pods. The upper pods will be yellow in color, and the seeds within those upper pods will have lost their green color when split. And to help you out with this timing, we've created a brand new fact sheet with a picture guide along with basics on the timing of desiccation in beans. You can find this guide in this week's Bean Report newsletter coming out on Wednesday and also at manitobapulse.ca. Thanks, Cassandra. Cassandra Kochik is a production specialist with Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers. The Bean Report is brought to you by Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers. You can find out more at manitobapulse.ca. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Work on organizing a Hay West initiative is well underway to move hay from Atlantic Canada out west to help producers impacted by the drought and wildfires who are struggling to find hay. Keith Curry, first vice president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture, says staff are working with a third party to handle the logistics and coordinating the supply. We're also looking at two factors on the other end, and that is uh, getting it landed and getting it distributed. But before we do the distribution, uh, really honing in on the immediate areas of need. Uh, we certainly can't move enough feed to satisfy everybody out there, but where where is the real urgency areas in Western Canada we you know desperately need to get this feed to right now? Curry says he's hoping we'll see the first load move out from Atlantic Canada this week. And the government of Canada has increased total agri-recovery funding to up to $500 million to address costs faced by producers due to drought and wildfires. This includes initial funding of $100 million announced on August 6th. Brenda Mahoney is General Manager of Keystone Agricultural Producers. We've been looking at short-term and long-term sustainability of the livestock industry. So the initial components that this funding will go to is for feed um, transportation of livestock and feed um, are the are the two real key ones that are immediate that are needed. And then for more long term is allowing producers to be able to buy back into their business from a year net from now, two years from now. This is going to have a lasting impact this drought. And if the drought continues, we know there'll be more long term issues that come up. And so this funding is going to go directly to support those growers to be able to buy back in and get the immediate support they need now on farm. To date, the government of Manitoba has announced provincial commitments under the EGRA recovery framework, totaling $62 million. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll hear from the manager with Winnipeg Livestock Sales. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.